Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. 65-63, Arkansas beats South Carolina. Gets back to 5-5 five and five in SEC play and level 500. And uh, Chuck Barrett joins us now. He was there at uh, Colonial Bank Arena. Chuck, it was, uh, it was a good Saturday to get the uh, first road win for the Hogs. Yeah, I mean, 5-5 five and five is a lot better than 1-5. That's for sure. And uh, for them to play the way they have the last two, two and a half weeks, I mean, they've, um, they've, they've won games they've had to win. And sometimes playing with your back against the wall, I mean, it can go either way. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, I mean, they've, they've, you know, they've played like a team whose back was against the wall in a good way. You know, they've, they've come out fighting and um, it's about to get tougher now. I mean, go to Lexington today, play tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be tougher and that's a difficult place to play. So you got to take that confidence with you and take the defense with you and uh, try to find a way to win a game. That looked like it, you know, for South Carolina and a team that was 1-8, and eight, now 1-9 and nine in league play coming in, they had Legends Day or whatever they were calling it. They had a good crowd. I mean, when the TV broadcast joined the arena there at the, the, the moments before the tip, it looked like it was, it was a fairly imposing environment, at, at least at the start. Well, you know, we talked last week about how, you know, even the lousy teams on a Saturday afternoon – um, that's when you're going to get the best they got. And it's because you have things like what they did, Legends Day. And, you know, the sun was out over there Saturday. It was a pretty day. It was chilly, but it was a pretty day. It was a nice winter day. And people were out and about. They had a big uh, big festival in downtown Columbia, some kind of something going on within the square of the city. And so, I mean, there were people everywhere. And so you just kind of knew that it was going to be a little bit different than what it would be if we were in Columbia, South Carolina for a Tuesday night game or a Wednesday night game. It was going, you know, it was just going to be different. And it was, uh, there was more emotion in the building than I'm sure they've had probably for all but maybe one or two games this year. 
and you know it was it was it was a more difficult place to play than again it would be for a midweek game and i thought arkansas handled their run about as well as you could handle it because the home team is going to make a run and i know people say well the best way to handle a run is to not let it happen well that's (laughs) not really realistic on the road that's not really realistic on the road so you know for them to uh for them to come home with a win uh, be five and five. I mean, you kind of feel like, as you say, you're you know you're back to level par, and here we go. Couple things stood out. You had three players go the distance in forty minutes. You had four players score in double digits. Uh, you really had about six players or so that that really contributed from a minute standpoint in this ball game. But Jalen Graham's the one off the bench in twenty one and a half minutes. Chuck sixteen points, eight of ten from the floor. None of the none of the sixteen came from the free throw line. Well, the thing about Graham that he did in the first half was he gave him a spark offensively. I mean, it was one of those kind of back and forth, ugly sort of games. And, um, you know, he came in and gave him a spark, gave him points. And, um, I mean, 12 of the 16 were in the first half. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not perfect. I mean, must sounded just like a coach after the game talking about, you know, the defense and all the other stuff. But um, they needed every one of those points, I guess, as it turned out. Yeah, so um, uh, that that stood out to me. And the fact that you had three players at this point, Anthony Black, Ricky Council, Devontae Davis, your, you know, probably your three most reliable players, uh, all go 40 minutes in a road game in February. That's that's kind of unusual to have three players do that in, a, in an SEC game. You know, it's, uh, you know, more and more coaches are doing this. I mean, all of them are. Uh, we've seen this happen at Arkansas after a coach and really after – you know, the system that we believed in for 20-something years was that you come after them in waves. I mean, that was Coach Richardson's hallmark. That's the way Mike Anderson tried to play. And um, But the game's changed, and, and nobody's doing that anymore. You can get away with it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Whereas maybe there was a time when you couldn't. I really enjoyed watching Devo on the defensive end. He had a tough assignment from the get-go with G.G. Jackson, the the young freshman phenom, and I thought he uh, obviously did did great locking him down. Just nine points for Jackson in this one. Held him below his average, well below his average. You know, I thought that was another example. We've cited this many, many times in many, many games. Um, you got a 21, 22-year-old kid guarding a guy that turned 18 in December. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if one's 169, 164, 1's going to be in the NBA next year and the other's not. I don't care about any of that. Uh, you get a mature kid that knows how to play the game, guarding somebody that just, generally speaking, is playing off raw talent. Um, that more experienced player is going to win. Uh, you know, Gigi Jackson said some things after the game he shouldn't have said, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, not getting the ball and all that stuff, which I thought, to me, the thing that I took away Saturday was the maturity they showed inside the last minute as opposed to how they played in Missouri at the end and certainly how they played at LSU in the end. Um, you know, Jackson's their best player, but Michi Johnson was the hottest guy on the floor, and uh, neither one of them got the ball there at the end. Not just on the pass to Gray on the last one, but on the one before that. And, um, you know, I, I thought Arkansas's poise and maturity inside that last minute showed they don't win that game a month ago. I'm certain of that. I am 100% certain they do not win that game the 1st of January as opposed to the 1st of February. You know, Arkansas built a 13-point lead at, at, early in the second half. 
it hung around nine to about 11 points for a lot of the middle part of the half. And then what did you see? Was it just the turnovers? Arkansas took a couple of bad threes. It all kind of snowballed on them with yeah. now five or six minutes to go and let South Carolina, South Carolina made some threes. What what did you see happen? Well, the, the the biggest thing I thought was Michi Johnson going off. And in fact, you know, they switched Devo over on Michi Johnson. Uh, after a while there because it was just getting out of hand and you know that that to me is is one of the signs of a team that is young and you know we can talk about mcdonald's all americans all we want but just as you know south carolina's discovered with their guy i mean it's uh uh, and his other teams are i mean that's that doesn't take away from the fact that they're 18 years old and so you know i think that's one of the areas that frankly Arkansas was not as good as a lot of people thought they would be, even after the injuries, was, um, you know, finishing games. But with young teams, that's tough. And I think they're getting better at that. And that's why I say, again, I I think that, um, you know, that's a game they lose a month ago. Look, you're on the road. These other guys are on scholarship, too. Um, Home teams are going to make runs. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they're enough to win the game, and it almost was for them. But um, I thought Arkansas handled their business inside the last minute or so of the game. And, you know, Jackson didn't score a basket after the 5.09 mark. That was a big deal. I heard Matt talking uh, in the pregame show with you on Saturday about Lamont Paris and his his plans to build a foundation there and do it with high school players to build that program. Uh, is that realistic in today's college basketball world? Oh, you know, I think it can be. Um, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, over the next five years in in both the major sports, um, you know, how this affects the high school kids. Is there going to be a backlash? Um, Hey, if you're the one big school in the state that says we're going to build through high school kids, that gets all the high school kids' attention because it seems like right now every team's building through the portal. Um, I don't know if it's a strategy that works or not. Um, I'll bet you if he has an opportunity to get a great portal player, he will. But I also think that, you know, um, the foundation of your program, even if it's a one-and-done sport like college basketball sometimes is, um, the foundation of your sport still going to be the guys you go recruit. Yeah, you, just can't, um, you can't get enough G.G. Jacksons to make that work. And then it's like I think it goes back to what you said a minute ago. You got a 21 or 22 year old guarding an 18 year old. Yeah. And that, well, you're setting yourself up for a lot of that. If, I think that that will be a strategy that's going to be hard to be highly competitive doing. Well, but if, but if you really look at what they've done, I mean, they've got eight new players this year, four transfers, four high school kids. So it's not as though on the eight players they've got in, they went all in on seven high school kids. Um, there's going to be a mix there. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think what Eric Mossman has shown you is that you have to combo it. I mean, you think about the success they've had the last two years. It's been a difference, right? The first year, really the first big recruiting class that they brought in, number four in the country, it was the four freshman phenoms in addition to Jalen Tate, who was huge for you, Justin Smith, and some other transfers. And then I know they all had one transfer or one freshman last year and Chance Moore who didn't well, they play. they got five this but year. The, and I was going to say this year they have had five, but – I would say that only, and we're still waiting on Nick, but only two of them have really played significant minutes, and they've got some transfers that have had highly impactful games at this point. So you've seen it. Well, you're right. I I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, that's exactly right. But, you know, the point is, is that, you know, the idea that 
you're going to build a program exclusively through high school players or exclusively through transfers. I mean, you're right. I mean, you've got to have a mix. Everybody does. And that's why I say, I mean, they got eight guys, four were transfers, four were high school guys. I, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that, um, you know, um, they were talking about they're going to build it through high school guys. Yeah. If you watch close, you saw Hunter Yurchek seated there courtside. And then the, I, I didn't thought about this till I saw it on Twitter. Uh, they put the picture of the team on the plane and kind of they, they, that kind of became something they did routinely uh, on road wins. Hadn't seen one of those till this year. Yeah. It just I just noticed that when when uh, Eric Bussman's account tweeted that photo out that hey that's the first one of these we've seen. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a little bit different mood coming back. It was uh, you know it was uh, it's a lot better to fly home after a win than a loss. I just put it that way. Your check had a Bojangles bat. I don't know. I don't know well, if you, saw I, that. you know, I will, I will I will tell you the inside story on that Let's because hear it. I, I I had a front row seat. We had taped um, Muss's television show after the game, and uh, four of us were in a car going to the airport, including Muss, and so. The assignment was given that, you know, some people wanted Bojangles. We were in South Carolina, and a lot of the, you know, I know Hunter wanted it, and I think some others did too. So a pit stop was made at the drive through at Bojangles, and some orders were made and um, walked on the plane and, you know, had the Bojangles. You know, uh, your uh, your hometown, Chuck, just got one of those recently at the gas station. Oh, I, yeah, I'm aware of that. They, uh, my my brother loves that place, and he legitimately drove an hour and a half from Little Rock just to get it. So, what'd you have? What did I have? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any Bojangles. No, oh, come on now. Uh, there He's was no. It. He's no, healthy now. No, if you'll let me finish, I will tell you that it's because I ate pizza at the arena. They had pizza there for the team after the game, and we were taping the TV show, and I ate some pizza, so I'd already eaten. You can't have both, Chuck? I, I didn't eat Bojangles. I'm sorry. Uh, that's, I, I was hoping for a big, uh, big order, but oh, well, that happens. Well, I know that that was uh, kind of the funny thing I took away. And Tommy's right. Like, I'm so used to seeing these road picks. I think if I remember correctly, they won five road games in the conference last year and four the year before. So, must has had success. But it, it's another animal walking into Lexington tomorrow night, Chuck. Well, yeah. I mean, Kentucky's better than South Carolina, at least on paper. Although South Carolina did go up there and win. So, I mean, um, teams can win up there. We've won up there before. I'm glad we're playing them on a Tuesday night as opposed to a Saturday afternoon. But, um, you know, go up there and play. It's not like Arkansas has never won up there. Arkansas has won up there with teams that aren't as good as this one. So, uh, yeah, they're good. You know, they're getting better. They're not great. It's not a vintage Kentucky team, but they're certainly good enough to beat you, and that is a tough place to play. And they've, um, you know, they've righted the ship after some struggles early. You know, I thought it was pretty uh, profound from Ricky to talk about kind of how he described it, the win after the game, how they had to play. Here's counsel after the game. The key to this game was desperation. We knew we couldn't lose this game. This was like, I mean, we had games that are must-wins, but it was a must-win. They're one of the bottom teams in the league. They're still a good team, but they're one of the bottom teams in the league, and we knew we couldn't lose this game because we was already on a hot streak, and this was going to be a big game going into March for like as far as seeding or even making it. So we knew we couldn't lose, and we just had to click that in our heads. Desperation, they played with it. I know Muss has described these games as their Super Bowl every single outing, and uh, it, I know they played late in the first half. They got lucky at points in the second half, but at the end of the day, they walked home, as Tommy said in the play, and they were nice and happy. I hadn't seen one of those photos in a while, guys. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when you win like that, it's, uh, as we say, it's a, it's a lot more fun to fly home. The, the, the thing that I was encouraged by at the end, I don't, I don't know if they got lucky, but I thought they played with a lot of poise at the end, even though, you know, South Carolina made the run after that as, you know, uh, again, that's a team that a month or so ago, they'd have completed that run and they'd have won the game. So, I really thought in the last couple of minutes of the game on the defensive end, um, you know, whatever wasn't working right, and part of it might have been the switch, you know, switch of, of, of Devo over to Michi Johnson. But, you know, whatever they were doing right, they weren't able to do in the last couple of minutes of the game, and Arkansas was able to win. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. That's Casey the Mondays around here. Hot Take Monday uh, here on the Morning Rush. Let's head to the phones. Take a call this morning, Chuck. Charlie's down in Camden. Charlie, good morning. I appreciate you telling me, giving me a shout out down in Camden, like all the way down here, way yeah. away from you guys. <laughs> that's a, that's what we call our first piece down. from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to say, um, you know, Chuck, I wanted to ask you when you're watching these guys down the stretch right now, I think the other day, I think they just kind of, and I said, South Carolina, yes, made their run. But I think it eventually becomes mental from the standpoint of, like, when you've lost so many close road games that kind of just tilted, you know, whether it be you lost the league, whatever. But it's like mentally, I think the other day, they just kind of, they struggled a bit down the stretch. Now, they found a way to get it done, and I hope that helps them. But do you think that's part of some of the reason why maybe they're struggling a little bit down the stretch and just learning how to win, you know, on the road because I think they've had such bad luck and whether it be part of it be their fault or officiating, whatever you want to blame, I think that's part of it. And then also tomorrow, guys, how – Tommy, you said it about the net ranking thing. Um, I think another thing they were pointing out during the game, the quad quad one wins, I think they're one and five in quad one wins. So I'm guessing tomorrow would be a quad one win if they were to get it. Um, yes. Yeah. How yeah. many of these games down the stretch uh, on the road do you think they need to get to for surely get in? Because I think they need to win at least one, maybe two, and then protect home court from there. Anyways, guys, I'll hang up and listen. Y'all, good morning. Well, let me you know let me talk about the first part there when you talked about 
the mental aspect to it. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I, I, I don't think that's the overriding issue, but yes, I, I think that's part of it. And when we talk about, you know, when you hear phrases, and we've heard this phrase all our lives, if you followed sports all your life, you've heard, well, we just got to learn how to win. You know, we're getting right to the point there where we're in a position to win, and we got to learn how to win. Well, what exactly does that mean? I mean, it's one of the, those overused phrases. To me, learning how to win is exactly what we saw at the end of the game Saturday. You know, yeah, you've, you know, the other guys have scored a run or made a run, and they're in a position to win the game. But, you know, when it was down to brass tacks, their best players didn't get the ball. You know, their best players didn't get the ball. And when you say things like learning how to win on the road, we talk like it's, you know, just, just some mental term, that, that mentally. Well, you know, you've got to do the physical. That's what learning how to win on the road is. And I thought what they did at the end of the game Saturday was evidence that they are learning how to win on the road. Not perfect by any stretch. But, you know, those waning moments right there. You know, you talked about LSU being a head scratcher. Well, you look back on that. That was a team that was in the exact position they were in Saturday. They didn't know what they were doing at the end. And they were a shot or two away as a result against a team that – you know, hadn't really done much since. I say didn't know what they were doing. I wasn't there. So that's probably an overstatement. But they, bottom line, didn't win the game. But you look at what happened this past Saturday. That's that's how you learn to win on the road, you know, doing doing what they did. And as far as, you know, what it's going to take to get in, I, I don't think they need necessarily, you know, two quad one road wins to get in. I, I don't necessarily think that. I think two quad one road wins – Get you in and helps your seating too, uh, but I don't know that you have to have two of them to get in. Sure would be nice to get one. Sure would be, and it would kind of solidify your standing right there if you were able to do that. Um, but you know that's what everybody's trying to do right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Charlie asked about quad one win. This would absolutely be one. Just Arkansas, Auburn, and Kentucky are all kind of wadded up there in the uh, the net rankings. Twenty nine for Arkansas. Auburn's 30th, Kentucky's 31 right now. So uh, this isn't a separation week by any means, but this is uh, you know certainly a quality road win. I'm of the belief to, to really feel good going to Nashville and where you're at with the tournament committee, you need to be at least 9-9. Nine and nine. And if, I, if I've got it right figured in my head, I don't have the full schedule in front of me. You just win the rest of your home games, and that would include Kentucky, obviously Mississippi State this Saturday. you got to go to the, on the road first. Um that should get you where you need to be from that standpoint. A second road win would just be great. If you can get to 10, I, I don't think anyone's really sweating it on Selection Sunday if you've got 10 regular season SEC wins. Well, right now, I guess the last one I saw, Lenardi had Arkansas in that group of last four buys, meaning that you don't have to win your conference tournament to get in. And um, so, you know, they're, uh, they're on the cusp right now um i don't think that losing to kentucky for example on the road moves you off the cusp now i think losing to mississippi state saturday at bud walton arena would but i don't think that losing to kentucky tomorrow night will but if you win that ball game you're not in those last four buys anymore i mean you're uh uh, you know you've moved into the the group that's i won't say solidly in but you're on solid footing yeah, I mean, and uh, good thing is you're in a league right now with two teams that are both projected as one seeds. 
with uh, Tennessee and Alabama. So, got the chance to play both of those again. Chuck, if you can win one of those games, I think you're, you know, as long as you don't slip on too many other banana pills, I think you're golden. And uh, right now, this league is somewhat top heavy with those two teams, but you got you got a collection of other teams that are uh, that are right there, like I mentioned with Auburn, A and M, Kentucky. A and M's gotten themselves up to to forty. It's all going to play itself out. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is you got two road opportunities ahead of you that could uh, could really be the uh, the finishing act, if you will, in getting into the tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, gosh, you went at Tennessee or Alabama, and you know. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. I mean, you know, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a signature kind of win in terms of getting into the tournament this year. But, but I do think you can still get in without that. You know, I'm not saying it wouldn't be great to have it and I hope they do and maybe they will, but I still think you can get in without it. Be nice to win at Texas A&M. I know that's not going to have the magnitude with the committee that uh, winning in Alabama and Tennessee would, but that would sure be a darn good road win. And mm-hmm. I mean, Arkansas is two and seven all time down there since they joined the league. So the idea that you know, hey, let's just go down there and win at College Station. I mean, that, that's not happened very much. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's the kind of win that gets attention. I think that's the kind of win that 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 makes you look like an NCAA tournament team. And you know, we'll see if they can go down there and do that. Hey, you know. We talk a lot about Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, and, and we put a lot of emphasis on the air. And there's a reason for that. I mean, particularly this time of year. I mean, you've got cold weather. Then you got really cold weather. And then you've got a day like yesterday and maybe another day or two where it's not quite as cold. And, and you know, your air system does get a workout. But plumbing and electric are a big part of making sure that your home operates correctly, too. And that's a big part of what they do at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. And they've been doing it for more than 50 years. And, you know, you can get into their plan protection program. And it's really averages out to about a dollar more per visit. That gives you peace of mind for your air, your plumbing, and your electric. That everything's working the way you want it to work, and it's not something that you have to worry about. Something for the pros to take care of. Now, again, they've been in business for over 50 years in northwest Arkansas. They're expanding virtually all over the state. And you're going to hear more about them, and we're glad to talk about them. Professional people, professional service, and you can log on and make an appointment at gopascal.com. Big game tomorrow night in the SEC for Arkansas and Kentucky both. When I'm looking at the league standings. Arkansas is tied for seventh uh, at five and five right now. Kentucky tied for fourth in this league at seven and three. You got Alabama at the top at ten and zero. Tennessee and A and M are both eight and two. And then Auburn and Kentucky both seven and three. Uh, punching those tickets in those top four seeds for that double buy is a big deal in this league. Going to the conference tournament so that you don't find yourself possibly in a position of playing four days in a row or or maybe even longer. Uh, right now, Kentucky uh, trying to keep pace with Auburn, who lost at Tennessee on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to be in that group, that's for sure. You know, the one thing about the SEC tournament is, you know, chances are, um, particularly once you get to Friday, I mean, you're going to be playing good teams. You're going to be playing teams with high net, net rankings. And, um, you know, I know people say that conference tournaments don't matter, and sometimes it seems like they don't. I mean, um, I've always believed if you get to Sunday, you know, a lot of these guys have their minds made up, and, 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 and the prize sometimes is getting to the conference championship game. But, um, you know, 
my point is, is if you beat somebody there and you, you know, you get to Saturday or Sunday, you've, you've picked up another quality win. And sometimes with a committee, I, I can't help but wonder if a, if a quality win on Saturday won't end up meaning a little bit more than a quality win on Sunday. Strange as that sounds. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven teams ahead of Arkansas right now in the conference standings. I guess Missouri's technically tied. You play five of those teams. You still get Florida at home, Kentucky twice tomorrow night. You get A&M at third place. You play Tennessee and, and Alabama. So the good news is, from a standings perspective, you still get to play the teams ahead of you and gain some ground on them. No doubt about it. I mean, it's 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 all right out there. And if you you know you win these games, then you know nobody's going to be talking when we get to the first of March about whether this team's going to be in. They're going to be talking about where they're going to be seated. Now it's not going to be as high as maybe we thought at the start of the year. But, um, you know, once you get in that tournament, I mean, everybody's 0-0. And, and, you know, a lot of it does have to do with who's playing well right then. And I think Arkansas is steadily getting better. They're not anywhere close to the finished product. Well, they're closer than they used to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're at the finish line in, 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 in terms of being that type product. They've got more to do. But I think they've, since, you know, Brazil went out and when it became reality that, you know, Smith was not a guy that you could plan on being in there. Um, I think they've shown steady improvement. If this were the old days of college basketball, and we were talking about all these guys being back next year, the same team coming back next year, minus Nick Smith, same team. If it was the old days, man, we'd be excited about how good this team was going to be next year. But unfortunately now with you know the way college basketball operates, a lot of times you got one shot. And, um, you know, I think this team is getting better. And a month from now, we'll see what it looks like. Yeah. Hot Take Monday is always brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell at Wheels RV. Again, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. This is, um, you know, going to Kentucky, Arkansas's won there before. We, we talked earlier about South Carolina won there early in the conference schedule. Uh, it always feels like, even though Kentucky is 16-7 and seven this year, there's been years they've had really down records. Not often, but it's happened. But it always feels like it's a maybe more than a win. What it does for your confidence, what it does for your mental approach to the balance of your schedule, uh, how big a win tomorrow night might be for you mentally as much as the standings and just, just the dub? Well, when you beat Kentucky in basketball, you feel kind of like you've beaten Alabama or Georgia in football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've they've been the standard. Now, as you say, some years they've not been as good as they are other years. And, you know, they've, uh, uh, you know, they've not been the juggernaut that they were maybe, you know, seven, eight, ten years ago. But they're still Kentucky, and when you beat them, you feel like you've done something. And, you know, Rupp is one of those places that if you've watched college basketball, you know, if you've watched college basketball over the last 10 to 15 years, you've watched a lot of big games in Rupp Arena. So it's kind of got that mystique to it because you've seen so many important games played there over the years. So, yeah, when you win there, I mean, it's uh, it's a little bit more special than the others. It's certainly one you remember. 8 o'clock for the start. We'll have the courtside show with the UNZ at uh, 7.30 tomorrow night. Ruskin and Zach carrying you up to 7 o'clock as well here on uh, ESPN Arkansas. Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl 
yesterday? No, this alleged football game? No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I watched uh, the Razorback women play at Auburn. That's what I watched yesterday afternoon. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I know a lot of fouls in that in that ball game, but that game uh, lasted like most women's games last about an hour and forty five minutes. I mean, this thing was like it was almost four thirty by the time it was done. Started at two. Yeah, they said uh, you know it was a long day for for them. I, th- this Pro Bowl thing where they went to the, to the flag football and the the skills competition. I understand that the, the sport itself is difficult to schedule an all all star event. They 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 continue to have someone one of their TV partners that that want to televise it, so the money's there. And having it in Vegas is probably a good idea. But um, I'm not sure where this thing is headed with flag football. It I watched about five minutes of it, and that was enough for me. I think they're doing about the only thing they can do. I mean, there's so much money now. The players make so much money. They don't care about the Pro Bowl. You know, used to. I mean, there was a big bonus involved in play. I yeah, mean, you know, there. there, there in was Hawaii, more money you got to go to Hawaii. Yeah, and and it's uh, take your family and all that. And now these guys, I mean, you know, they can go to Hawaii on their private jet next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's uh, you know, it's a different deal. And I, I think they're doing about all they can do. It doesn't interest me, but you know, obviously, if they've got a TV partner, then you know they're going to make it work as long as they can. But you know that 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 game stopped being a real football game a long time ago, and um, I mean it was pretty much a flag game anyway. Yeah, this week Super Week Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Uh, the conversation for me will start to ramp up, and the interest probably a middle to late uh, part of the week. The, the sad thing is we're going to get to a world with no football. We this I heard you mentioned on your your podcast uh, this last week that you know this was the first time we've. Woken up for a weekend and didn't have some kind of football game to to enjoy, and uh, you know after this next weekend it will be done for a while. Yeah, I mean it's uh, better enjoy it Sunday because uh, I, I guess there's that offshoot league coming in the spring, but I don't know how many will actually watch that. But yeah, I mean hey, we go through it every year. It's nice when your basketball team's good, and it's good when your baseball team's yeah. good because that uh, that uh, makes you feel pretty good before football rolls around again. It didn't happen as often as we like to remember, but there was a time where Arkansas, they would they would purposefully schedule Arkansas and Kentucky and some big basketball games right ahead of the Super Bowl and uh, or on that same day. So that was always fun when, you know, those, those handful of times Arkansas and Kentucky played on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it was a big game. And it's, uh, you know, you feel, you feel honored, you know, to play on Super Bowl Sunday. And, you know, now, I mean, it's, uh, gosh, they got, you know, they got Super Bowl shows, it seems like, on every channel from about 6 o'clock in the morning on. So it's, uh, yeah. um, you know, I don't know how much play the other games and other sports actually get now. But back then, yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. Hey, they've got Kentucky as the final game this year at Bud Walton Arena. I mean, that's not by accident. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they uh, and, and Alabama and Tennessee are right at the end. And that's not by accident either. So, you know, it's um, when you're in a position to be good, that's, that's when they want those big games played. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! 
Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Been talking about Arkansas's road win this weekend, 65-63 over South Carolina. Arkansas gets themselves to 500 in the league with a 5-5 five and five record. Now 16 wins on the year. Arkansas had four different players reach double figures. Paced by Jalen Graham, who came off the bench for 16 points, 12 of those when Arkansas really needed a lift in the first half. Arkansas is on the road to Kentucky tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Chuck, you were talking about uh, the Arkansas women. They went on the road and won at Auburn 54-51, to game that featured 54 fouls that made it a long afternoon. Arkansas had 23 free throws throughout the game. Sailor Poffenberger also had 10 points and 10 rebounds. Aaron Barnum also led the team with 14 points. It was a tough day, but you got to win on the road at Auburn. Well, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was like at the end, somebody's got to win this thing. And it was, uh, they called an intentional foul on Arkansas and looked like Auburn was going to win and they missed two free throws and then they couldn't get the ball in bounds and there was a five-second violation, so... They got a break when they missed the two free throws, and then they really deed it up hard on that inbounds and got the five-second call. So, hey, you know, you win the ball game, you run to the plane, and you get back (laughs) and try to do better next time. That's just kind of how it works. My neighbor's team has 18 wins for the season at this point with some, some games still to play, obviously. That's, I believe, their win total from last year that they've matched already. Yeah, they, um, you know... I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I'm not the most knowledgeable about, you know, the league in terms of top to bottom in women's basketball. I've heard people that follow it closely that have talked about, you know, how the league right now is so dominated by South Carolina that, you know, maybe it's not as strong in some other areas. I don't know if that's true or not, to be honest with you. I know that Arkansas has recruited really well. They've got some good players. And, um, you know, again, it was not a pretty game yesterday. I mean, it was it was not, but they won. And I guess, you know, when you add it up, that's what matters. Now, we're not going to pretend we know anything about gymnastics, but one thing you can't ignore is how many people are showing up and watching yeah. at these meets. They had Palace Night uh, the other night and a new attendance record for the women's program uh, for gymnastics. Uh, over 11,000 fans showed up to watch as uh, Arkansas put on a show on Saturday. Now, they're ranked 18th in the country. I can't begin to tell you anything about, you know, beam and vault and, and breaking any of this down, but I can tell you this. You get 11,000 people to show up on a Friday night for a gymnastics meet, you're doing some things right. Well, you know, there are a lot of people in Northwest Arkansas that go to all the sports, and gymnastics has always had a certain amount of following, but you know, you look at what's going on right now, and it's not just at Arkansas. I can tell you that around the Southeastern Conference, they have huge crowds for these gymnastics meets. And, um, you know, part of it is is the flash, and they do put on a good show. 
And I do think um, young ladies and little girls, I, th- I think they all are fascinated by that. And I think that, you know, when you go to a gymnastics meet, it's, it's interesting to me to, be, uh, to see the cross-section of people. I mean, you've, uh, you've got everything from retirees to, you know, young families with, with little children. So um, gymnastics as a sport and from a marketing standpoint, I mean, they've, um, they've latched on to something there. You've got a lot of, you know, the LSU girl this year is a big social media star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Auburn had um, Suni Lee, who was an Olympian, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to show my ignorance too much on the sport, but I believe I'm right. And so you had a lot of people that were interested in that. They've done a very good job of developing a, you know, almost a cult following. Because, um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, when they hear those numbers, they're surprised. But around our conference, that is not abnormal. Reading here where they they hosted number two, Florida. Arkansas had their third highest score in the program's history. And the final was 197.4 to 197.875. Now, we get... I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works. And I know we get sideways with refs and coaches and everybody else when, when you lose close. But when you lose by less than a half a point, I can only imagine... Uh, you know, we're, we're, maybe the conversation for the true gymnastics fan coming out. Well, of that. I don't know that they're griping about the assistant coach know. on the way to the car after a gymnastics meet. Who's the, way the they ball might coordinator? Be. Yeah, who's the ball coordinator? <laughs> we got to get rid of that ball coordinator. <laughs> but uh, um, I do think a lot of it's about the show. I know for the competitors, winning is is paramount, and I'm not suggesting that it, this is not about doing well. It is, but I also think that. Among those 11,000 that were there, I do think the majority of them were there because of the show. They certainly wanted Arkansas to win. But, um, you know, just, just like in all the sports. I mean, there are lots of people at the football stadium Saturday that, you know, they don't know a lot about football, but they sure like being at a big event. Yeah. All right, that's your Hog Update, and it is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey called 888- Eight Sparky. Eight o'clock tomorrow night, Arkansas and Kentucky. I know we always kind of circle anytime you're playing Kentucky home or road. Where where does this venue rank for you? I've heard a lot of different uh, takes on Rupp Arena and uh, the quality of it, the, the 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 vocalness of the crowd. Where where does where does Rupp rank with you? You've been there a bunch. Well, I mean, they're blue bloods. There's no doubt about that. And they think they know more about basketball than anybody else, them and the people in Indiana. I mean, they think that, you know, they think it's them when it comes to basketball. And I get that. They've had a lot of success. I think the thing that makes Rupp, you know, have the mystique that it has is because, you know, we've watched it on television. You know, if you've watched college basketball, you've, you've, you've seen Rupp Arena, um, you know, and um, when you walk in there, it is, uh, I mean, it, it, it goes way up. I mean, it's, you know, 20,000 plus, I guess. And they've done some things here and there. It's a downtown arena. It's definitely a city arena. I mean, it, it looks like a college arena on television when everybody's in there and it's all blue and all that. But when you walk in there and it's empty, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a city arena from that respect, but, um, it's not on campus, but it's a, um, it's a storied venue. And, again, if, if you keep up with college basketball, uh, you know about a lot of big games that have been played in that building. 
At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You know, I was cracking up after the game when Jalen Graham and Musk were talking about road rage. Road rage was our game theme coming into tonight. We tried to do something to loosen the mood. I probably should have talked about it at halftime. I didn't, but I thought it helped us get off to a good start as uh, we had a little bit of fun with it pregame. And and I just kind of talked about what happens when you're in a traffic jam and what you got to do. You got to go through, around, over, whatever. Anyway, we just tried to loosen the mood a little bit. Now, if that isn't a great symbol from what so many of us endure on a daily basis driving to work, I don't know what is. He, he's got good yeah. good metaphors from time to time. Yeah, I don't know if he comes up with all of these by himself, but uh, whoever came up with that, that's, that's a road rage. I like that. So Hey, he's got 40 minutes of road rage every time they play. Oh, he was, uh, there was one moment, he, he was going crazy. I think it was Johnson or one of them was in the lane and, they were kind of working side to side. He was going nuts there in the first half trying to get a three-second lane call. And uh, he got a good workout just working that sideline on that one. Hey, he's intense. And, I mean, the team bleeds off that. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, this, this team's got to be intense. I can tell you that, you know, uh, that was, you know, you could see it in the, you know, in the movements of the team before the game. You could see it at the shoot-around. I mean, there was a defensive mindset and an intensity there that, um, you know, I, I won't say you don't see it every game, but it was really pronounced on this trip. And I, for them to, again, get the monkey off the back, get the first road win, I know the team feels that sigh of relief almost. And, guys, you're also 500 now in conference play, as we talked about. That's also a big deal to just get that back to that point. Yep, tied for, I think, seventh. We were talking about that earlier, tied for seventh in the league. It's a big week because Kentucky – you know they're they're fighting for their spot. They're trying. Everybody's trying to. Everybody that's not named Alabama or Tennessee is trying to figure out a way to get in that top four. And there's a clear path, Chuck, for really, you know, seven or eight teams beyond Alabama and Kentucky to get that first two day bye. Well, I've not looked at everybody's schedule, but I know that you know these teams are going to play one another, and how these games turn out is going to have a lot to do with that. And you know, I, I don't think that. For example, the group of teams that you're talking about, I don't think winning the conference tournament is the end-all, be-all. I don't know that for some of them, even getting to Sunday is the end-all, be-all. But it is nice when you don't have to play until Friday. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, everybody's got... That's the thing about a conference tournament is, I say everybody, um, many teams have, you know, different goals when they get in there. Um, If you're already in... 
um, you know, maybe you can improve your seed line. Maybe that's not the most important thing to you right then. I don't know. So everybody's got a different agenda. I know Mus says they don't talk about bracketology, but we can on an Arkansas sports radio show. Bracket Matrix, which compiles all the bracket people, has them as a 10. What is the ceiling of this team from a seeds, not the, not the SEC tournament, but from an NCAA tournament perspective? Well, when you say ceiling, that would that would lead me to believe you, well, run, you the run the table, the table you win them all, you, you beat, run the table. Yeah, if you beat you Bama, know. you beat Tennessee, you you win the SEC tournament. Um, Realistically, well, let's look at that from that vantage. Well, what do you think? What do you think? I think they could. I mean, the last last year there were four. Two years ago there were three. I would probably say the ceiling of this team is probably a, a five or six, and that's really that's really high. They'd what would you really, have to do to get there? Do you think? Probably go six and two in these remaining eight games and get yeah. to either Saturday or Sunday. They're, I, they, I think. I think for that one of the two would have to be a Tennessee or Alabama win. On the road. Oh, I think to get up to a five seed or a four seed, you'd probably have to win both those games. Yeah, right? It's, it's uh, um, yeah, I think seven's you know, where you're at. I, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I've just never been a. I know people say, well, you don't want to be the eight or the nine because you don't want to have to play the one in the second round. Well, you're going to have to play the one in, you know, one of these rounds anyway, probably. I, I mean, there's a pretty good chance you're going to have to go through a team like that. So. I understand when people say you don't want to be an eight or a nine. I get that. But, uh, um, you know, beyond that, you know, when I look at it, I, I say, hey, let's go play. I mean, tens beat sevens all the time. And, um, you know, what this team's ceiling is in terms of seeding, I don't know because I don't think that's the big prize. Um, you know, seeding's kind of an affirmation for fans, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the big prize. The big prize is – you know, playing your best when you get there. If you're a 10 seed and this team's playing their best basketball, you know, they got a chance to get to that second weekend. Yeah, I think the prize is getting it, getting one game further than anyone really thought you could. You know, the, the consensus opinion of your fans or the, or the media, uh, this, is, this is not a Sweet 16 team, but you get to the second weekend. Oh, this isn't an Elite 8 team, but you get to the Elite 8. Uh, this oh, that'd is, be nice. You know, I, I, I think you know. that's the, really the prize in the end is, hey, we were a little bit better than anyone thought we were. Well, but, you know, that's changed as the season's worn on. Yeah. I mean, at the start of the year, everybody was saying Final Four. I mean, we were talking when conference play began about the games you have to win if you got a chance to win the league. So, I mean, things have, uh, things have changed. I don't know that everybody's expectations have changed. I don't know. Um, I think if you watch this team every ball game, though, you have to understand that it's a lot different than what we thought it was going to be. They had to rebuild basically in season, and they're still not done yet. So the brunt of the SEC schedule, you're still waiting until the back end because then, you, again, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky all within sequence of one another. You go to Knoxville, to Tuscaloosa, and then you close it out with the Wildcats. But I think, that, I mean, the rest of the way is not going to be easy, but you do have some games that are winnable these next few. And I, I look at Georgia, Florida. I mean, there are some games. And I like the fact that you're also playing some of these games at home on Saturday too. I think that gives you a little boost. Yeah, it's given, uh, you know, it, it, it flip-flops a little bit. You know, you're going to have some home Saturday games the rest of the way, and, you know, you always like your chances there. There are certain games there you feel like you got to win, and uh, some of those games fall into that group. I think if you get once you get through tomorrow night, there's not back-to-back road games until that road sequence you talked about at the end, so at least you're going to have one home game a week 
uh, until you get to that 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 last three game stretch there, and you got two of the last three on the road. Yeah, I mean that's uh, you know that's a that's a difficult way to end, but you, you know you got to get there with something on the table. Mm-hmm. Being you know that's 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 what makes them big games. That's right. And you've you've asked time and time again, what do they have to do to get to nine and nine in conference play? Well. In order for them to do that, you got to win four of your next eight. And there's four home games, four away games. So it's like one of those things where you got to steal one on the road or you got to find a way to win every game at home. And I don't know what this team's going to do remaining, but that's kind of the setup you have in front of you. You win. I mean, that's what we talked about going into Saturday. That gets the, the road game you need and to get you in position that just winning your home games would get you to at least a, a non losing record. It would be a 500 record. Then you go steal one on the road and you have a. A 10-win season, that's not what they had, 13 last year. That's not where, I mean, 10's not where you want to be, but I don't think too many people are sweating about making the, the tournament. If if you're 8-10 and 10 when it's all said and done going to Nashville, I think there's there's a feeling, guys, that you got to play for, you got a lot to play for in Nashville. I think if you get to 10 SEC wins, it's just about maybe a, a seed line or, or or something of that nature in Nashville. Well, yeah, and, and you know, so much of it, too, is, you know, Again, if the way the schedule's laid out, if you win some of those ball games toward the end, I mean, you've beaten a really good team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's going to, again, solidify your standing. Um, there's never been a point this year, and I, I, I may be naive on this, but there's never been a point this year where I felt like this team wasn't going to make the tournament. Now, if they'd lost Saturday, my thought would have been that it's, it's going to be tough. I, I mean, you know, you may have to go to Nashville and win the thing. Um, because that's going to be a horrible loss. But that's not what happened. I mean, they won the game. And so you dodge that bullet, and now all the things we're talking about are possible. But there's there's not been a point where I thought this team was on the outside looking in, and I still don't think they are. I think they can you know, make it, make it solid footing, but um, I still think they're an NCAA tournament team. To your point, Arkansas went from 27 27- to 29 in the net rankings with a victory. That's how bad. But you're South, still in. I mean, it, I mean, it, that's bad, but it just t- it tells you how South Carolina, if you had lost that game, oh, yeah. you'd have dropped yeah. to, I don't know, 47. or It would have been a damaging, damning loss. So, I mean, it's rare that you can lose a game and drop in the metrics, but that's exactly what happened because of the, the level of 280 or whatever it was for, for South Carolina. Yeah, that's why, um, you know, I'm 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 not as big a believer in metrics as some people are. I know they have. I think every game remaining is quad one or quad two opponents. A good chunk of them are quad one, so they do have opportunities. People are looking at this schedule as well. It's brutal down the stretch, but you have a lot of ground you can make up if you catch fire. Muss has won 14 of his last 15 games in February. Now I don't know if this team is capable of going on the run that the last two teams have done. But he's shown in February they get hot at the right time. And, and we're talking about the schedule and playing one game a week at home and not having back-to-back road games till you go to Bama and Knoxville. That, you know, if you protect home floor and if you win there, the, the likelihood of you go – I mean, you're not, you're not going to go on a long losing streak. And mentally that doesn't have its effect. And then, you know, the outside whispers and all those things. I like the way that sets up that you you ought to be in a good position to not have, you know, a big lull – the rest of the way well i just think you know big picture they've steadily gotten better yep and they're better equipped now for some of these tougher ball games than they were a month ago and i think that's what you know gives you hope i mean was that the best win of the year saturday no but um 
you know, you had to have it. It was one of those games that it would have just been catastrophic if you'd not had it. And so you come back with a win, and, hey, if you beat Kentucky Tuesday or tomorrow night, nobody, you know, nobody remembers South Carolina. Must said after the game, it's still not pretty, but they've improved. And I think that's going to be a, a phrase that he's going to echo over and over again. I remember him talking about after they beat Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 last year. We're not always athletic, aesthetically pleasing, but we find a way to get it done. This team is never going to be the purest basketball team you watch, but they keep chalking up wins. I don't think really Razorback fans care about that. Well, I do know one thing. If you're in the real estate market, you care about who's on your side of the table. I do know that. And uh, I want to talk just for a second to those of you who are either in the market right now, buying or selling a home or thinking about it. I want to recommend Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, to you. And I, I say that because of my experience with them. That's that's what I have to go by, really all I have to go by. Partnered with them to sell a home, partnered with them to buy a home. I didn't know what I was doing either time, but they did. And that's why it worked out so well, because they're the best trained in the business. They understood the market in a way that I had no hope of understanding. <laughs> they, uh, they negotiated in a way that I'd like to think I could, but in reality I can't. And uh, ultimately, they got me from contract to close. And I think that that's going to be your experience, too, because you are dealing with the best trained in the business when you deal with a Wiker Griffin agent. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville and Fort Smith. They're in uh, Springdale. They're in Bentonville. They've got an office in Branson, Missouri now. And you can always log on to WikerGriffin.com. I saw Pete Thamel of ESPN was reporting that it looks like Texas and Oklahoma are going to join the league in 2025. And I think... We thought it was going to be 2024 based on well, the indications, but doesn't look like that's going to happen with uh, them not being able to figure out the ESPN and TV stuff. This 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 has to do with compensation for Fox, mm-hmm. from what I understand. That the holdup here is that Fox is losing Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they're trying. To, they were trying to work out a deal where. Maybe they would get a Texas or an Oklahoma big game, non-conference game against a big, you know, what's now Big 12 opponent, uh, a nostalgia game. And Fox would get two or three of those over the course of the next four or five years. Apparently all that fell through. But um, the holdup here is about compensation for Fox Sports. And evidently they've not been able to work that out. I still don't think it's dead. But for right now, they've evidently hit a snag. Yeah, I'm with you. You, I mean, you got four four parties at the negotiating table, ESPN, Fox, and the two conferences trying to figure this out. But this will be the first time, I believe, anyone's had this long range of plan to to move leagues, and they actually went through with that timeline. Now, they're trying not to, but I don't think anyone's ever waited four years after announcing they're moving from one league to another, and they actually lived through the four-year period. So that that's the other thing. Either way, it's going to be three. We know they're not coming in 23, so... Uh, I still think there's a path to 24, but boy, it's kind of like almost in Washington when they talk about negotiating something, you know, into the wee hours of the night, and then they just break up talks or there's labor and union talks. It, you know, it sounds like all parties have thrown up their hands, but I think in the end they'll, they'll maybe find a way in the next few months. Well, in those situations, though, people generally come back to the table, and I think they will here too. <laughs> I mean, it's. Um, you know, Texas didn't really want it out there. I, you know, I guess A&M blew their cover with the Houston Chronicle, and that's kind of what got it going as early as it was. But, um, you know, it's uh, it'll happen at some point. I'll, you know, as I say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced this is dead, but um, it does sound like they've hit a snag, at least for right now. And let me tell you, and you guys know this, I'm going to preach to the choir a little bit, I don't think OU and Texas 
want to get in too big a hurry to get in this league. I mean, from I understand the money, and I understand everybody's ready to get on with it and get the schedule figured out and who your three permanent opponents are going to be and all of these things. But if you're from a pure football perspective, do you think OU and Texas are ready for this league? No, I mean, let's well, just... Well, but I don't think another year playing the Big 12 readies them any more than they are right now. Well, uh, there's. I think y'all are both... I'm going to use a Chuck phrase. Y'all are both right. They couldn't do anything in the Big 12 this year. They were awful. But at the same time, I mean, you're preparing for the inevitable, right? right. So you're trying to just... At some point, you got to rip off the Band-Aid. They're going to get smacked their first year of the league. Now... You can debate, well, at some point in time, both the Longhorns and the Sooners will adjust to what they need on the line of scrimmage to figure that out. They will. At right, at right When they do enter the league, though, it's going to be rough. It is well, going to be a bunch of massacres opening. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I. Th- I think that um, OU's probably more ready right now than Texas is. But uh, these 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 are not chopped liver programs, and they will adjust. I mean, let's be candid, guys. Let's just be real honest. They're better equipped than we. They're better equipped than we were in 1992. They are. Um, we've adjusted. We're still not where we want to be, and I think we have to realize that. You know, when we say someone will adjust, that doesn't mean inside two or three years. You know, it's it's a it's a process. But Texas and Oklahoma are uh, uh, they're going to be better, I think, than people realize. But I do think it's going to be an eye opener for them, and I do think there's going to be an adjustment period there. The advantage that they have over where Arkansas and South Carolina were is that uh, they are perceived, whether rightly or not. They are perceived as national powers because they're national brands. And uh, that does give them an advantage from a recruiting standpoint. And they'll adjust. They'll do well. It'll take a little bit. I, I don't buy into the notion that they're just going to go uh, come in and get slaughtered. But now I don't buy the notion that they're going to come in and, and be in the top. You know, I don't think Texas is going to be a top half of the league uh, finisher their first time out. But I think OU might be. Yeah. Some of this depends on who they draw on their schedule. Uh, and we can draw conclusions, and we think we know what's going to happen until we see the schedule. We don't know. I mean, Missouri came into the league and had early success, but they had the benefit of playing a very, a very different East than what we see today. Georgia wasn't Georgia then. Florida was down a little bit. Missouri had a path to get to the to the conference title game, and they had Gary Pinkle, who was an excellent coach. A um, and M had moderate success, but had to play in a much different West. Until we see their schedules. I think it's hard to say it's going to be this or that, but um, if, if they were going to be plopped down in the current West, I'd probably, and we knew that already, I'd probably have a little stronger opinion about how challenging it's going to be. But I do think they need another year or two of getting some SEC caliber no linemen on the roster. No doubt, but they're you know again these are you know these are good football programs. You know the idea that they're just going to come in and lay an egg, I think's wishful thinking. The the. The thing that I'm going to be interested to see, and, and, and this is kind of what separates, you know, the, 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 the really good from the pretty good in our league is that, you know, there's, there's going to be a Saturday in October where you're between bigger games and, you know, you're going to Kentucky or you're going over to South Carolina or you're playing, you know, you're, you're, you're playing one of those teams that, you know, from a brand standpoint, you think, hey, we're bigger and better. But then you go over there, and I mean, all of a sudden, you're in the third quarter, and I mean, you're in a tussle, and you didn't plan on it. And uh, can you win those games? Uh, that's, 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 
you know, we talk about Alabama and Georgia, and Oklahoma are not Oklahoma and Texas are not Alabama and Georgia, but you know, not everybody in the SEC is as close to Alabama and Georgia as we might like to think. So, um, you know, we've 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 all got a gap to close there. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.